views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome back. We're so excited about the upcoming uh, Women of Wisdom event, but more importantly, excited about people that are bringing uh, messages in the world that represent a level of empowerment and a level of awareness, you know, that perhaps you might be thinking, yeah, I've heard it before. But now it's being said in a totally different way. You know, joining me today is Normandy Ellis. And you just heard Nikki uh, Scully on the show. Uh, they have both co-authored a fabulous book. For many of you, you know what it is, The Union of Isis and Thought. And today we're going to be talking uh, with Normandy about what does this mean? What is What are the messages from the ancients? What are the messages from the Egyptians? And and what is it that she has found in the hieroglyphs? And what is it that we can now pull from some of this and translate it into our modern times? Today, it's so great to have her joining us today on the show. She's the author of 13 books of fiction, spiritual nonfiction, and poetry. Um, she guides and travels through ancient Egypt. Um, and she's also co-facilitating a pre-conference workshop with her co-author, Nikki, at the Women of Wisdom Conference, February 16th to 20th. Today, it's great to be exploring this journey with her and find out what are in the messages and what are we missing? Uh, Normandy, it's great to have you here. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. You know, we call, you know, sometimes we refer to magic and initiation uh, or initiation practices of ancient Egypt. And I wanted to talk about the idea of magic. And the reason I want to talk about it for a minute is that I don't really know of another culture that we have associated either magic with or transformation with as this culture. I mean, clearly, if you turn on a movie, by the way, we're even doing a remake of the movie The Mummy with Tom Cruise. So there's something <laughs> going on here, right? Right. Oh, that'll be something to see. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about the event you're doing. What is what is the importance of the workshop you're doing and well, in its relationship to the world we live in today? Okay. I like your, your question about what is magic. Because yeah. I don't think that the ancient Egyptians... They didn't define it as magic. They simply defined it as natural law, the way the world works, you know. And those are things like the law of vibration, that uh, thoughts are things. And as Nikki spoke about, you know, that our language creates our culture, um, that our environment, the place that we put ourselves in, defines who we are as a people. And that creates a vibration, that spaces themselves 
have certain vibration patterns, colors. You know, we know all of these things. Um, and the ancient Egyptians knew that. We know them because it came to us kind of through the back door, through the Greeks and the Romans. And then, you know, we got some of it uh, when we were studying uh, the East Indian traditions. A lot of these have, uh, you know, they have like commonalities in it. Um, I teach a class in the basic unity of religion, and everywhere I go, I finally looked at uh, the ancient Egyptian as being the source for a lot of what we think of in our in our communities. You know, there are passages in the Bible that are directly listed from ancient Egyptian texts for the festival. So, you know, things have little fingers in every pie. And so I think that it's best to think that, that magic is simply being able to listen to the way nature, or as Nikki calls it, nature and netaru, speak to us through the environment in which we live, the, mm-hmm. the uh, you know, animal messages. And, um, you know, what is the wind when it kicks up high? It, it creates a feeling in us. You know, that in itself is a message of, you know, slow down, you know, go within, you know, all different kinds of things that we get our spiritual messages from. And there is a god whose name is Heka, um, and he is, uh, and a god, we'll call him the god of magic. Mm-hmm. He is um, the connection that we have between not only our language, but our intention. Okay, and so magic doesn't work if your language and your intention are not the same. And if your intention is the same as your language, but you say that's not your intention, you're actually doing what we would call, uh, in this culture, a black magic. You know, because mm-hmm. you're putting up a veil about what you think and what you're saying you're doing. So I think it's really important for us, um, as we live in our community, and again, as Nikki said, to focus on the ma'at, the truth, the cosmic order, the foundation of the world. What is it that we wish to build? What kind of society do we wish to live in? And if we can live in accordance with our true beliefs and walk the walk and talk the talk, then that is magical practice. You know, one of the things that I wanted to uh, have you share and talk about, and and Nikki did touch upon this a little bit, is, um, you know, the use of uh, of hieroglyphs as oracles a little bit. And I, ha- and I asked Nikki to please share, because a lot of folks don't really know what an oracle is. And certainly they may not at this point know what a hieroglyph is in the way that you both talk about them. But clearly we know symbols when we see them. We may not be able to connect the dots, but we certainly have become aware. Uh, More so, I think, than many, many other cultures, we become aware of these. And I would love for you to talk about, one, what is or what can we learn from this? Okay. Um, yeah. I, I think it's a good uh, idea to think of it as a hieroglyph is a symbolic language, but mm-hmm. it's not just a picture. Um, and and many people, you know, they are tattooing themselves with eyes of Horus and, yes. and wings of Isis and ox. You know, we're wearing it as jewelry. We understand that those are important symbols. 
that relate to a state of consciousness. Okay, so that's really what it's working at. Now, all hieroglyphs are a state of consciousness. Not only do they work as symbols, but they also work as sounds or vibrational uh, tones that set us into a frame of mind through the Mm -hmm. particular work that's coming in. Um, And these hieroglyphs, uh, which have been meditated over and prayed over and um, are the original spiritual language of this planet, really, um, have the ability to move us not only in what we think and what we say, but to tell us ancient stories, to click into our mythology. People, it's amazing to me that people who don't, it's been like 3,000 years that they work the the magic inside the hieroglyphs. And people who are not readers of hieroglyphs will tell me, you know, oh, I had a dream the other night, and there was this uh, bird, this hawk that came and landed on my arm. And it it was a little scary, you know. He had the face of an old man. And I said, oh, that's interesting. You know, that's the image of a bird, the image of the soul in the ancient Egyptian tradition. So she doesn't know that she's dreaming, but a Baha has come to her. And so I said to her, well, that's interesting. Um, You know, um, what did he look like? What did the old man look like? Well, he looked a lot like my father. And I said, you know, really, is your father in spirit? Because that would have been the first thing I thought. And she said, no, he's not in spirit. He has Alzheimer's and he doesn't remember me. Yeah, and I thought, oh, yes, he does. (laughs) Wow. And so the symbol and the story and the power of that image of the the soul as, you know, a human-headed bird took place, took its winged flight through her dream, you know, and impressed itself upon her. And so those hieroglyphs, which have been set into... into the world, you know, 5,000 years ago, are still resonating to this day, and people really don't know why they're so drawn to a particular image. Well, I mean, I think this is really what we're talking about, but, you know, I also uh, mentioned that um, it really is true. You know, they are literally going to do a remake of the movie The Mummy, and I think our fascination has to go beyond our pop culture. I would like to ask you, because I know that you've traveled, I know that, you know, this is this is so much of your life, right? This consciousness. Yeah. What is is it what is the consciousness that we are subconsciously connecting with <laughs> when we when we remake a mummy <laughs> when we remake believe me when we remake a movie called the mummy because i got to tell you the business people are saying that's a that's a bad business decision but it's going to happen anyway right right well i think that um I think that one thing it does is it shows that um, even though we think of ancient Egypt as a culture that's over and dead and done with and we don't have to think about it anymore, yeah, it's not true, you yeah. know. Um, and I think also that what that really is about, and I'm going to interpret this as if it were a dream or a symbol, yeah. okay, were yeah. this 
a mummy from my childhood that frightened me so much when I was a little child and I watched yeah. it, you know, um, and it's, it's coming back around again, you know, um, probably what I, what I'm tempted to do now that you mention it, Pat, is I'm, I'm going to go back and look at my astrology and see when that was made and what was going on astrologically, because mm-hmm. that's a cue to what the psyche is of the culture right now that would want yeah. to remake a movie like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because in the world we're living in, people really are not really out there making mega movies about that. Um, But it's coming up again. And I wanted to ask you, you know, the world has led you to travel into the mysteries of ancient Egypt, you know, and I am so wanting you to share a bit about your own personal journey and what your um, what your calling ha- has done to change your life, because you know many of us are called to do a positive talk radio show. Your calling has been to tap into this ancient mysteries, and I I would love for you to share a bit about your journey, if you don't mind. Oh yeah, gosh, it's it's been a thirty year journey. In fact, yeah. Um, long time. I think that um, when I first began this, you know, I, I began becoming interested in what we'll, we began calling the mysteries, you know, mm-hmm. to start with. When I was a young woman, um, I realized that the way I felt and the way I thought affected my reality, and I wanted to know why that was. And so I started reading a lot of books by a number of different people like Dion Fortune and a lot of theosophical uh, writers, early writers. Um, but then um, Egypt, it sort of came and got me. It wasn't like I read it in class. I had a friend who said, here's the Book of the Dead, pulled it off the shelf and said, here, you buy it, and, you know, I want you to read it. And I thought, why? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then I ended up translating it. After my friend died, I thought, oh, mm-hmm. that's why I bought it. <laughs> you know? Wow. So then I translate this book. It takes me 10 years, and I completely learn how to see the world in a in a very different and a very vibrant fashion. It was no longer um, entertainment. You know, it was no longer the world was no longer entertainment for me. It really yeah. was about where do I find spirit? How do I talk to spirit? What does spirit want from me? And it's been a matter of putting one foot in front of the other and simply saying, okay, that's what I will do. And learning hieroglyphs taught me everything about learning to listen to what spirit was trying to teach me. Mm. Um, and you know, eventually, it, yeah, it led me to Camp Chesterfield, where I live right now, and I'm a clairvoyant minister, spiritualist mm. minister. Yeah. So, yeah, working with the dad has been a thing of mine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's funny. Well, let's take a minute and talk about the dead. I think one of the most revered uh, stories, if we could tell it, would be about the dead, but through the eyes of Isis. And Mm -hmm. I would love for you to talk about, you know, uh, this idea of ascension and ascension in in terms of you know the, the what the ancient egyptians are bringing forth and i think in the book you both talk about the ladder of ascension journey as well right right um yeah i was just reading about the 
Jacob's Ladder this morning in, uh-huh. in uh, that other tradition. <laughs> and they're very, very much the same. Um, Nikki alluded to it in, when she said that there were rites of passage in which uh, an enlightened person, being in this case the Pharaoh who had studied and, and devoted his life entirely to figuring out what what does the divine want from me, okay? And so this person undergoes um, a life and death, uh, kind of like a shamanic initiation. They are probably put into a trance, I would assume, through some kind of plant substance. Mm-hmm. And they are left for three days inside um, a place of burial, an initiation chamber. And when they have to unwrap themselves when they awaken, and they have to read the hieroglyphs that teach them how to move up the ladder of ascension and, in this shamanic state, go and talk with uh, the divine beings and their ancestors and say to them, show me the plan. And then show me my position in the plan. What am I to do to move my people forward? Because it really wasn't about them. It was about the whole culture itself. How do I move my people forward? Um, And that is what makes a culture last 3,000 years. Not self-aggrandizement, you know, not personal policies, but what can I do for my people? And that Mm -hmm. was the purpose of that shamanic initiation. And um, it happened every seven years, the Pharaoh would undergo this uh, experience, which was a, a shamanic death during the Heb Sed, that's basically a jubilee festival. And it, um, again, if you go looking at astrology, every seven years, that's part of a Saturn cycle. You know, we change who we are every seven years. You know, the seven-year-old child begins to go to school. The 14-year-old child, you know, is entering into teenage years. The 21-year-old, you know, is entering into adulthood. You know, the 28-year-old is is completing a cycle of childhood and begin beginning his adulthood. So it's an important cycle, these every seven years, where you undergo an initiation. Um, and, and your guest previous to Nikki was also talking about, you know, it being a one-year And so we can think of what we went through in this dark time where we are now uh, in the calendar as part of that shamanic initiation where we're being buried in the dark uh, and awaiting a resurrection and a renewal. And, you know, for me, it's not so much about, um, you know, what book do I want to write or, you know, how many miles am I going to run this year? Yeah. It's really about what what step can I take that by the end of 2017 is going to make the world a better place. Yeah. And that really is what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm so glad you said that because, um, you, you know, I think there are so many people that are sensing it and feeling it. And, you know, here we go now with the 25th Annual Women of Wisdom Conference, right? Mm-hmm. Remember who you are. Honoring right. ourselves, we heal, we heal our world. Um, I want to stop for a minute and talk about that. You know, honoring ourselves. I love this. I, I love what Chris has put together here because oh, honoring too. ourselves, we heal the world. Sometimes we have a sense that healing the world means we don't do anything. 
And <laughs> you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I'm thinking, well, what if Rosa Parks decided not to do anything? Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's what we're saying. And we're certainly you're not putting on a two day intensive workshop for women to say, uh, like, no, let's not do anything because that would not represent, you know, Egyptian culture or any mystery, would it? Right. No. And I think that it's true that that, you know, we have to be what can we do? Who are we um, as a collective as well as? an individual, and what can we as individuals and a collective bring to this culture? You know, and I think we're in an important place right now. I mean, we're, we're going to bring a new person into power, you know, and he's not just president of our country. He's, he's going to have a global influence. You know, I'm over there in Egypt, and I'm listening to the Egyptians talk about what they think this means to them, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for good or ill. You know, and uh, they're of divided opinions as the country has been, you know. So, but I think it it behooves us all to think about, you know, what can I do? Um, And how can I do it in little ways? And how can I do it in big ways? In a little way, Rosa Parks was just tired. You know, Mm. it's like, no, I'm going to sit down. (laughs) Exactly. I'm going to sit down. And in a way, I don't believe that she thought it was going to have that impact, but she had just had it, you know, and it was just enough to push it over the edge to where people said, hey, she's she's right, you know. Yeah. But, you know, even if she didn't think it was going to have an impact, it had an impact on her on her life. It had an impact mm-hmm. on her. I mean, you know, and, and this is, I think, you know, what we're all really sensing and searching for this year is what is it about redefining courage where we can include courage from a spiritual perspective, but know that there is a question that we can explore a mystery question when we tap into whatever the divine means to each of us. And that question might be, you know, what is mine to do today? Right. You know, for you, you're going to come to the women of wisdom conference. You're going to deliver a message, but more importantly, you're going to be, both of y'all are going to be the mentors of women that are going to be with you during this time. And I wonder what that feels like for you. Uh, uh, you know, what is that? What does that feel like for you? What most excites you about this upcoming event and that particular experience? About it is that um, there will be people there that I do not yet know, and I do not yet know how their work in the world is going to shift. But in the years that I've been doing these workshops, I've seen people come back to me, and they'll even say things like, you may not remember me, but, you know, and I think that that's really important, because whatever I said at that moment, they took it and they ran with it, yeah. and, you know, they did something wonderful, and I yeah. think I'm most excited about where, you know, seven years from now, this is all going to land, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. That's what excites me. What the idea that somebody is going to be set on fire somehow, and I don't even know who it is yet. 
<laughs> I know. Wow. Well, thank you so much for today. Would you mind telling folks how they can find out more about you and also about your work and your books? Thank you for today. Oh, thank you. Yes. Um, I have a website, normandyellis.com, and um, they can look for my books uh, there. I'm published by Inner Traditions. I'm really happy to say that Awakening Osiris, that book of hieroglyphs, has been in print almost 30 years now nice. from Red Wheel Wiser. And so you can find all the books and stuff on the website or on Nikki's website at Hathor's Mirror. Um, in terms of workshops, I'll be doing, of course, this one um, in Seattle, and then um, I'll be teaching at the Great Lakes uh, Retreat in July. I'll be teaching in Michigan. Um, I'll be doing some work here and there. I kind of am a movable feast, so you'll find me on the website. If you want to know or sponsor me in your area, uh, email ellisisis at gmail.com. And uh, check the website, campchesterfield.net, because that's where I live, and I teach in the metaphysical school there. I'll be teaching metaphysical journaling and astrology classes and basic unity of religion and spiritual writings from around the world. So check that out. All right. Thank you so much. And thank all of you for tuning us and turning us on. Please go to the drpatshow.com. We'll see you next time. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.